Will, this episode of TOEFOP is brought to you by ShipStation. Oh, really? Oh, it's nice to have ShipStation on board. I hear them sponsor other podcasts and I've always been slightly jealous that they didn't want to get involved <laughs> with the TOEFOP brand, Charlie. And now ShipStation are on board. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to us, I guess. I was going to say congratulations to, yeah. to ShipStation. <laughs> Commiserations no. to ShipStation. Congratulations to us. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and uh, we're, we're trying to empty out our mailbag. How many letters do you reckon we got through the first episode? I reckon we did maybe a third, a quarter. Okay. A quarter, 25%. All right. Pick up the pace, mate. Okay. <laughs> no more fucking diversions into the history of Tofog. Done to death. That horse has been flogged. That We put that in the bin category. That goes in the bin. Discussions about the name of a 30-odd foot of grunts are now officially put on hold until we have Russell Crowe on the podcast. Yeah, until we change it in 2014 to the Ordinary Fear of Pod. Tim writes in, hey, Tofop, firstly, love the podcast. All of them. Every episode. Yep, even the early ones. <laughs> That's really <laughs> cut through, hasn't it? Our disavowing. Of those early apps, But our audience hasn't. And that's what I like. And they keep coming to shows and they want us to play stuff off the early albums and we yeah. won't play stuff off of the early albums. Come on, play 500 Miles. That's all we're here to Come hear. Come on, Kathy Bates. <laughs> My wife and I just had a long chat about the five people closest to you stemming from an article we read about how we sum the five people closest to us. She had five. I had three. My wife, my son, my best mate, Will and Charlie at number four and the Weekly Planet Boys at number five. So... We count as 50% each of one person. I guess so. All right. Some might say, that's sad. Those people can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love is he censored the word fucked as if like we would have a problem reading it. Uh, I love listening to you guys chat about nothing. It's the highlight of my week when a new podcast comes out. Those who judge simply don't understand the nuance of Kathy Bates. <laughs> On a lazy Susan, <laughs> or why knowing it's so important to know how 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 each oh fuck how each AFL team washes their socks. So the question: Who are your five people? Keep up the great work. By the way, we I think we read on Tofob a couple of weeks ago some feedback where some guy was like, "I wish Will would just leave the podcast and read the footy podcast because <laughs> sometimes we never watch footy." And uh, there, I, I it's funny, isn't it? Because it was it was said in a joking way, but I've thought it, it's come into my mind a couple of times since, and I'm just like, the the pod, it's our podcast. Yeah, like. It's not like the podcast exists independently or one of the other of us wanting to do the podcast. Yeah. Like, if one of us left, that means... There's no podcast. There's no podcast. 
It doesn't change. It's not like a, yeah, we're not a professional unit where we can hire someone to bring in. No one's getting paid for this, dude. No, exactly. It's not a job. We Sometimes do it the way I don't we watch want. the games because I'm not getting paid to watch games of football. Sometimes <laughs> things in my actual life interfere with me. What? Don't get me wrong. I'd love to watch all the games every weekend. And this weekend, while I've been home alone, I'm planning to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Five people closest to you. I always find this question hard because I feel like apart from like my wife, who's like a regular, like she's my, uh, she's my go-to, then I have a rotating, I mean, you'd definitely be in the top five. If I put it down to like hours spent with certain friends and, you know, history and stuff, then you'd be in the top five. But I'd say... But we've been living in different cities, so yeah. there would have been a time where that would have been an automatic, right? Yeah. Automatic top five. Yeah. Because we lived in the same place, but we also socialized regularly together and did things together. Okay. So it's like Kiss. So Kiss was originally like Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, and the other guy, right? Yeah. And now they just regularly swap out the other two guys, the drummer and, you know, the guitarist or whatever. And you don't really notice, but it's essentially those two guys. So I think that I'm like Kiss. Me and Jim are a, a Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. <laughs> And then occasionally Will comes in and plays drums for six months and then, you know, he'll move to Melbourne or something like that. And then another friend will come in. So we have a rotating roster of the top three. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel no, um, uh, I think that's a very natural way of of doing things. Well, am I surprised? It's not like I sit around and go, this is terrible. Kiss around on the road. (laughs) (laughs) And they haven't invited me to come along and play drums. But it's like, I'm always surprised when I've got friends who have like that best, who have like that best mate that, you know, or school friends that they will make an effort three times a year and they all get together. And I'm like, that seems like that's a, a lot of uh, effort to me is to kind of like, I, I like to use the path of least resistance. Whatever friends are in my sphere at the time, get my full attention. And then if things have dropped off and there isn't like a natural reason that we're back talking again, then I just sort of let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, I, I, well, but also like I certainly with my line of work, like I've done this with comedians because we are also transient, but we, at the same time, occasionally we come together. I'll have a conversation with somebody that started seven years ago and then I don't see them for seven years yeah. and you run into them at a, at a thing in, in, in maybe even in a completely different country and you just kind of pick up, pick up. You don't go, what have you been up to for the last seven years? Yeah. Well, I mean, that might come up. Yeah. It'd be weird to completely avoid that. But I mean, I had that experience recently, whereas a guy, a really good mate of mine from high school, he's an actor as well. And, it just went off in different directions. He went into musical theatre. He toured a lot and stuff. But we've, he's moved into my neighbourhood. And so we've run into each other a couple of times. And now we're going to catch up. And it's like, oh, cool. Like there was no sort of in that probably 15-year gap, there was no like texting or, or anything like that. We didn't even really speak. Not even social media, I don't think. But you're right. Now we've seen each other. Complete comfortable talking to each other. We, oh, you're in the same neighbourhood. Yeah. Let's grab a coffee. Easy. Path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. Don't put in any effort with friendships. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I say make friendships easily and discard them equally easily. <laughs> Disposable friendships. Hart writes in, Hey, Tofop. Hey, Will and Charlie. I started listening to you guys last year. I was biking every day to lose weight and got bored with listening to music and decided to click on that podcast app that came with my iPhone. I was lucky enough that Tofop was in the top shows uh, that they day. They were the old days. Yeah. <laughs> And I've only added one other podcast in the year since. Yeah. When I started listening to Tofop, I weighed 300 pounds. After six months of listening and biking, I'd lost 100 pounds. When people asked me how did I lose all the weight, I said, I was on the Tofop diet. This is like the second person within like 10 letters. We've inspired to lost fitness. Lost an incredible amount of weight through this podcast. Wow, this is, this is very positive. Changing lives, mate. Exactly. 
You'd be surprised how many... <laughs> Next time, we should, we should put in the health and weight loss category on iTunes. Yeah, let's get number we'd one. we probably go, go higher on that. When, Take that Fitbit pod. When people ask me how did I lose all my weight, I say it was on a TOEFOP diet. You'd be surprised how many people respond with, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So that's not I've heard it, I've heard of. Yeah, so which means they may have heard of... Uh, the Russell, Russell Crowe's band. The Russell Crowe's band, or they may have heard of weird, a weird diet that they think <laughs> this guy is on. L-M-M-F-A-O. Laughing my... Motherfucking ass off. Oh. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, nice. So if this whole podcast thing doesn't really work out for you guys, well, it hasn't yet. Why not would we really, stop? no, yeah. But yeah, it hasn't deterred us. Yeah. The fact that it hasn't worked out has not deterred <laughs> us in any way. I may have a... Uh, you guys may have a future in the American diet industry. Well, I'll tell you what. Having seen a lot of American advertising, there are less reputable products out there in prime time that are not the TOEFOP diet. Yeah, I mean, I often think like when I'm at my most cynical and I realize that how easy the world is to just completely rip off mm. and how p easy people are to dupe and like- you So know, you want to sell our mega memory technique? <laughs> well, the truth of it is, I, I just realized it would be easy to do. Yes. Like both of us have the skill set. And I have lost weight. You've lost heaps of weight. You would be a great before and yeah, after photo. Exactly. We could talk. We could talk. We could do the infomercial. We get Danny Bonaducci out of retirement. Right. No, I've not been harping on this for three episodes, <laughs> but I've been down the rabbit hole. I've watched the Danny Bonaducci show on YouTube. We reform the critics. We get uh, uh, Kevin Montoya back with the critics. They're our house band. Russell Crowe's our first guest, <laughs> <laughs> and he can talk about his weight gain. So my question for you guys is, if you did start a TOEFOP diet, this is great logical thinking here. In true TOEFOP style, what would, the, be the, what would the TOEFOP diet consist of? Maybe look into Fat Batman as your spokesman. I have kept the weight off now, congratulations. And now I memento my way through all the old episodes while working out at the gym. So he started on the bike, now he's fucking lifting weights. I will continue to tell people about the TOEFOP diet and maybe your old, uh, at, in your old age, you guys will find yourselves Richard Simmings it up. So people, we go missing and people worry if we're still alive. It's people do a podcast about us. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to those guys who used to do that weight loss podcast? People only remember it as a weight loss podcast. Um, well, you remember there used to be those badges that were famous around weight loss, which was uh, lose weight now, ask me how. Do you no. remember this? No. Okay. So I can't remember what the diet was that they were associated to, but they'd come up with the slogan, lose weight now, ask me how. And people who had been on this diet would wear the badges. Okay. And that would sort of be their advertising. Right? What, what year are we talking? Oh, this has got to be like early 80s, I okay, reckon. Right, right, right. And Google, so back when... Hang on, I'll Google it. Back, got, back when cocaine was like... Yeah, lose weight now, ask me how. Cocaine. It was uh, mostly <laughs> really cocaine. Short conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can uh, uh, find it here. But... Um, uh, so, uh, I reckon that would be the way to do it. You bring that back, huh? you know, lose weight now, ask me how. And then when they ask you how, you direct them to the podcast. I wonder if we could tofu up it. So, rather, lose weight now. Uh, what if we lose weight? Wow. <laughs> lose weight? Question mark. Wow. We can show you how. So, here are the badges. They immediately came up. Oh, yeah. So, it's a big white there? badge with black and white writing. Yeah, okay. Black and so, red writing. Um, oh, all right, Herbalife. It was for the company Herbalife. Right. Right? Lose weight now, ask me how. Herbalife. Well, the truth of it is that uh, I have been living a herbal life. <laughs> <laughs> oddly. As a, as a, yeah, oddly, coincidentally. Uh, not losing weight. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Eating a lot of Arnott's Bloody Wagon Wheel chocolate. Uh, Tanya writes in, or Tanya. 
T A N I A. Is that Tanya or Tanya or Tanya? Tanya. Tanya. Or Tanya. Depending on where you're from, I think more than anything. Hi, Will and Charlie. I've been listening to recent episodes. Thank Christ. And I've noticed that Will has a new cat named Church. Mm-hmm. With the recent release of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, I'm now wondering whether Will has named his pet cat after the movie. <laughs> I'll, we'll give you one guess. <laughs> no, it's because I, I love, really love going to church. Yeah, I love that song by Hosier. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a song about cats. Yes, uh, our cat church is named after church from the movie Pet Cemetery. That it also correct. got me thinking: Are you lads? Or the Stephen King book Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Are you right. guys? Are you lads familiar with the vast majority of the works of Stephen King books and movies? And which one would be your favourite? I'm a Patreon subscriber. I'm not sure if this is the best way to submit my question or not. Well, it's a good way to submit, but uh, well, well, if you've sent it to Patreon, there's a chance you could win a sticker as well. You have to send it to Patreon, Patreon. to win the sticker. Yeah, thank you, Will. Um, and she gives her address. Okay. Uh, I love Stephen King. I got into it when I was like 12, 13, when I started reading Stephen King. And it was... It was so kind of controversial, like especially going to a Catholic school to read about all like this devil and Satan and all this kind of stuff. And I remember we getting pulled aside in one class by a teacher who had read over a kid's shoulder and it was reading Cujo. And it's a particularly like nasty line in Cujo where uh, there's a subplot in Cujo where the guy, the, the wife's had an affair and her husband and the man she had the affair with is jealous and wants to punish her. So while she's getting attacked by the dog, he breaks into her house and jacks off all over her bed and leaves a note for the husband. It's fair to say our teacher was not impressed <laughs> with this uh, filth and did a, it was an entire class about like, you know, reading this just poisons your mind and reading like this is bad for you and it's not literature, it's not real works. We should burn these books. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hang on, what? Uh, but I think my favourite... Anyway, was... let's get back to the Old Testament, everyone. <laughs> my favourite was The Shining. Easily my favourite. Uh I have read some Stephen King books. I would He keeps writing them, uh, so I wouldn't say that I'm a completist anyway. I've probably read, I reckon, a quarter of You've read third. the famous ones. I've read all the famous ones, enjoyed all the famous ones. Um, I How deep do you go in? Do you go out start going to Dark Tower? I read The Dark Tower. I, I tried. I, I couldn't get into it. I really liked The Dark Tower. I just couldn't get it. The movie was terrible. I've heard but, that. Um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind The Dark Tower. Um, Any of his Richmond, Richard Backman stuff? I did. I read some Richard Backman stuff. I like those. The really like those as great. well. And I mean, obviously, I reckon he's the best movies that have been made of Stephen King's are always of the short stories. I mean, Shawshank being obviously the... Running Man. You're Running Man. Yeah, Running but- Man, which is totally realistic now because if you remember... The plot device that gets Arnie put into the competition is they docked a video of him gunning down a whole bunch of people. It's right. like, well, that's going to happen soon enough. Yeah. It'll be Obama leaning out of a helicopter, gunning down people, then right. putting the running man, hosted by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does after he's president. He starts hosting the running man. In fact, he starts hosting it while president. Yeah, well, what are you going to say? Well, I mean, that would be the least crazy thing. In the third term of his presidency that he's now declared legal, he starts hosting the running man. I mean, that's he takes his political we shouldn't opponents. even say that yeah. because that is so close to actually being a thing that could fucking happen now. Chris writes in, everyone loves facts theme. Hey guys, thanks for making the theme downloadable MP3. I've signed up as a $5 patron to access this insane shit. Um, cheers, Chris, the train driver. Uh, yeah, 
That's another great reason to sign up to our Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP. You can get the Everyone Loves Facts ringtone, which Mike Howell put together and dropped on Patreon. Do you know what? And the other thing is, if there's a demand for stuff like that... Let like, us is, know. Yeah, if there's stuff from the podcast that we could like, you know, put as a... Like maybe there is you know, something that's said regularly or a bit of... That you would love as like a ringtone or a downloadable or whatever <laughs> that we can add... Because that seems like an easy way to put stuff on the Patreon yeah. that actually is stuff that people would like. Well, you know, like so the, let us know the honest movie. Let us know what you like, <laughs> and we'll try to do it. If we were any good at YouTube and stuff, what we'd be doing is we'd be posting stuff on YouTube, and we'd say, "Hey, comment below, you know, what you want us to say or do or talk about." So. How do we do that? I don't know how to do that. So that's why I'm saying just let us know through the regular way. <laughs> like what through, you want through us to email. Do. Hey, we are so. Are old. there things that you, as an audience, would really like that we would find really easy to do? That is the category of things that we need to get feedback on. Uh, Lachlan writes in, "Hey, Tofop, I have a hypothetical." Okay, great. Hi guys, I have a hypothetical for Will. Oh. But first, I wanted to say to Charlie, uh, "Lessons for Life" with Alan Mercedes was great. It's really great. I wish projects like this could earn you some dough so we could see a lot more of you outside of home and away. Well, there you go. There we go. Um, And uh, so that's on our YouTube channel. That's on our YouTube channel. And and our little, um, because we've now started doing a a few little sort of animated Animated. clips. Do you call them animated? Animated. Uh, Well, the the, the four animators who turned us down initially were insulted (laughs) that we've called that animation. It's not really animation. It's not really animation. It's it's kind of like... I mean, I don't want to insult the guy we've got doing it because he does such an amazing job. But it's video editing. It's video editing. So like you putting images to our words, yes. I guess. And they're fantastic. And you've got to tell me how I post them on my things because I don't know how to do that. You yet. just post it on Instagram. Yeah, so but, when I, we... but I, 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 did it get sent to me? Did it not get sent to you? I don't think so. Oh, okay, well, we'll just add you to the email. Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> how bad we are. <laughs> promoting our show. I wanted to post it, but I don't think it got sent to me. Okay. All right, from now on, we'll add you to the email list. Um, okay, so I, I, I love you doing this kind of stuff, and I want to see more of you outside of home and away. I say this because I watch Lessons for Life with Alan Say I love that he writes the full... Lessons for Life. Lessons for Life is fine. No, no, it's not. It's Lessons for Life. With Alan Mercedes. <laughs> I love watching Lessons for Life with Alan Mercedes. Uh, I tried watching Home and Away for the first time in over 20 years and made my own game of trying to pick you out just by voice. I was unsuccessful, possibly because I haven't been on the show for two years. Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> I just couldn't get through a whole episode of that crap and you didn't appear in any of the scenes that I did see before I had to switch it off. Yeah, again, he hasn't been on the show for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there are plenty of fans who love that kind of soap drama. <laughs> But it is definitely not my cup of tea. <laughs> All right, fucking, we've got an ABC bloody call here. Pull your socks up, Topop. Oh, home and away. Apologies if that was an unnecessary drive-by. It was, it was, was. but I'm glad you've apologised. It's a great gig for you. I'm glad they've allowed you to return to Topop yeah, again. Again, a long time ago. A long time ago. Uh, now, Will, I had a dream recently mm-hmm. after consuming a bit of medicine while okay. listening to Topop. The devil came to you and offered to fix your hips permanently so you could play a quarter for the Bulldogs in the AFL Grand Final, which they would then win. By the way, I've almost had this dream, so this should be... (laughs) Did you write this? I was going to say, this is from me. (laughs) You just wanted to pot home and away. Sorry about those things I said about home and away. And I'm so glad you're back with your handsome host, Will. He's the best. I love him. (laughs) In fact, I am It was only for Will. Dear Will. Yeah. The best. Okay, so you'd play, you'd fix your hips, you'd play a quarter in the grand final, and you'd win. Yes. However, first you'd have to pay a toll of your choice from the following 
two Correct. options. Love it. And if you don't choose the bulldog, and if you don't choose the bulldogs, will never win a game again. Why? Well, okay. Is that already happened? <laughs> yeah, I was say, say, it's happened. Ah, oh, boo. <laughs> Would you rather a shit your pants on stage mm. during a televised gala and not in a subtle way? <laughs> Explosive <laughs> diarrhea. I love that he's he's adding he and not what. It, but he added that thing and go. And like in a oh, noticeable way, yeah, yeah. Because like there was a part of me that was going, "Well, could I, I do it with without anybody noticing?" Dave Hughes once wore um, adult uh, nappies on stage because he had like uh, food poisoning or oh, something God. really chronic, and he had to do a show, and he was worried about the fact that that would happen. So he just <laughs> went on stage, not only wearing a pair of adult nappies; they were under his regular clothes. It would be amazing, <laughs> like a giant baby. A, he's wearing them over his jeans. Dave, <laughs> you haven't thought this through. I'm an angry baby. <laughs> All right, so that's your first option. Shit your pants. No. Explosive diarrhea I, on stage. I'm hoping the second option is better. Be falsely accused of acting inappropriately towards a female comedian or co-worker by a newspaper and have to clear your name and sue for defamation a la Jeffrey Rush. By the way, I don't think you would ever do such a thing. I believe you have an outstanding character. This is just a nightmare scenario. Now it does just sound like it was written by me. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I don't know if Jeffrey Rush is innocent. I just know he won his defamation case. Sorry about my fucked up day, James. <laughs> this is a real... This is, it's gone down a real dark hole. I just wanted to hear what you would say. Anyway, thanks so much for the great content. I eagerly await each new episode to help me get through my boring work week. Love your work, Lucky. All right, so the prize is mm. a grand final appearance. And I, play, I play in the grand final yeah. and the Bulldogs win the premiership. And let's sweeten it a little more. Your hips are fixed. Yeah. So you, you get to enjoy the glory of having, you know, you get to go on the end of season trip. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the ice bath or anything like that. You're kind of back to, back to good hips. But for that to happen, you have to shit yourself live on stage or be falsely accused of misconduct in the workplace. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I don't need to play for the Bulldogs in the grand final. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine how things are. I was there in 2016. Uh, I don't need to... And also, there'd just be so many questions that I would have to answer yeah. about... And then the Bulldogs, they'd be, they'd, it, it, their credibility would be There'd questioned. be a question mark over that flag. I mean, yeah. even the logistics of me being... Bevo like, having to front up list. to the press conference when it's announced what? that you've been and selected you've for the grand final. And you a guy who's like 45, 46 years old <laughs> to play the a grand game of final. football in 20 years. You used to have bad hips. There'd be a lot of questions that I'd have to answer that I, I personally am not ready for. Secondly, the... Level of fame that that would then get you because you'd be fair, I'd forever be the new Stephen Bradbury. I've I've spent 25, 30 years of my life working on building a career in the thing that I actually love and enjoy. The fact that that would then be taken away by the fact that I'd played one good quarter for a Bulldogs premiership, like and marijuana stays in your system for three months, so I'd have to know about this plan. At least mid-year. Or is the devil clearing that out of my system? Like, Because I don't want to fail a drug test after I've won the Bulldogs. The devil's going to give right? you a fake penis. The, the <laughs> devil gives me some fake urine yeah, that fake, I have to, and a fake penis yes. that I use for the drug test. It's like the doctors watch you do it and you pull out this giant red latex devil-shaped dick. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I don't think any of these options. Even the, the eventual prize, the thing that I'm meant to be trading these two other terrible things for, I don't think I would enjoy that. Okay. There's not a part of me that desires to... So if you don't choose, the Bulldogs never win another game. No, no, no. This no, is a nightmare scenario. No, 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 because I don't think that's fair of the devil to put that well, on. Well, that's the fucking devil, mate. No. The, the, it's only got to be if 
I do it and then I don't do one of the other two things. It's the Kobayashi Maru, or what's that thing from Star Trek? The unwinnable dilemma. Yeah, but that's only if I take it in the first place. The cost is one of those other two so things. So you're going to Captain Kirk it. But if in... I just say to the devil, I got no time for you, devil. I don't want your fucking Faustian you know, kind of. So you're doing the Captain Kirk in the, in the first movie, the Chris Pine version, where he just turns a computer off and yeah. doesn't take the deal. I say, I refuse to take part in your devilish game, devil. That's what I would do. And then I would suffer whatever consequences the devil decided to impose on me. It's but like, I like to think that the like, devil... To be honest, no one's ever said no. Yeah, I'm a bit de- confused. I think the devil would really respect <laughs> yeah. my principles. He'd be like, oh, he just fist bumps you're a stronger you. man than I am, yeah. fist bump. Just fist bump, takes off to offer someone else a... Fire and brimstone. <laughs> three gone. weeks later, I see Sam Peng playing in the fourth <laughs> pocket for Carlton in a premiership. And then live on stage at the gala. <laughs> Disaster. Well, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about our new sponsor, ShipStation. Welcome on board, ShipStation, for a start. What is, who are ShipStation and what do ShipStation do, Charlie? Well, let me uh, answer your question with another question, Will. Okay. Do you sell stuff online? Say yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I sell <laughs> so much stuff online. Then you know what a pain the shipping process is. It's time-consuming. Oh. It can be expensive. You're always copying and pasting orders from from multiple sites trying to figure out the best carrier. You know what? It's it's a hassle. Hang on. Is this advertising copy from ShipStation or is this from a clairvoyant who understands my life in every intricate detail? Well, let's say it's both. ShipStation may also be clairvoyant. We haven't verified that. But let's say, yes, you're, you're right on both counts. ShipStation was created to make your life a little easier. And guess what? Now it's the number one e-commerce solution. The number one. Oh, thanks for getting on board once you're number one ship station. Oh, you know what? I've gone through a lot of e-commerce solutions and many of them have been terrible. But now I've got to number one. Whether you're selling on eBay, Amazon or Shopify or over a hundred other popular popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all of your orders from one simple dashboard. That's amazing because I actually sell from 98 different uh, sites. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the internet. This I'm all over this because I've been trying to uh, I've been trying to off- offload some stuff. I've been trying to get rid of CDs. Do you remember CDs? Will compact discs? I believe they're known as. Yes. Yeah, I do remember them. What are you trying to do with them? I have a Beatles box set. It's uh, I think it's commonly known as the Beatles bread box. Uh, I bought it in like 1998 when I thought I'm going to hang on to this forever. <laughs> this is not only this is not only like you know music history. It's a keepsake. It's all the Beatles CDs with a little booklet in a little bread box that says the Beatles on the outside. I better get this because where else would I ever hear Beatles music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been trying to sell this thing, and I tell you, it's been a pain in the ass using all these e-commerce sites, and ShipStation could solve all my problems. So the way it works is they work with all the major shipping carriers, locally and globally, including FedEx, UPS, and all the local couriers like USPS, Australia Post, and more. I use more all the time, so that's ideal. Yeah, Darcy Moore has his own company. Yeah, exactly. Darcy Moore from the Collingwood Football Club. I, I actually use his father, Peter Moore. Anyway, these are very obscure jokes for the good people at ShipStation. ShipStation will recommend the best carrier based on your needs so you can know that you're always getting the best deal. They even offer special discounts on shipping costs. A one-man shop can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. I like the idea that if you use ShipStation, you can call yourself a one-man shop. Exactly. And I feel like we are a Fortune 500 company in that in 500 years, we will finally make a fortune from this podcast. (laughs) It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. So here's the important bit. 
This is the call to action. Right now, TOEFOP listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code TOEFOP. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So how's that? 60 days of just responsibility-free shipping. I mean, even if you don't ship things, consider starting to ship things just based on this deal. Yeah, get your ship together. All right, I was expecting a bigger laugh there. I'll continue. Sorry. <laughs> no <yeah>. reaction <laughs> from my <guys. laughs> All you need to do is visit shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in TOFOP. That's T-O-F-O-P. Shipstation.com. Enter the promo code TOFOP and make ship happen. <laughs> happen. Not happen. Happen. God <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, Anna writes in, immortality is a subject. Hey, TOFOP. Here's another tantalizing TOEFOP tidbit. Last week's conversation about Iggy... Last week. Uh, the conversation about Iggy Pop got me thinking about other celebrities that I cannot imagine... Uh, can, simply cannot imagine dying. I was wondering if there are any other people who have cheated death enough times that you think that... that to lead that they... Lead you to thinking that they are immortal. Oh, uh, thanks for all the laughs. Um, Keanu Reeves is a clear candidate for immortality. Looks relatively the same that he did 20 years ago. Yeah, and if if it turned out that he had been... Halle Berry's the same. I, I, we, we talked about John Wick 3. She's in that as well. Like, she seems to not look any different. Yeah, but it's not like... Has Halle Berry faced a lot of... Uh, I don't know. Like, it feels like to me that Halle Berry for the last 10 years could have just been away being cryogenically frozen. Yeah, right. Like, what's she been up to? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so that is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Je accuse Halle Berry... <laughs> They've been cryogenically frozen for 10 years and just a Brit, like in that kind of alien style, yeah. you know, technology that you just go into some cryopod yeah. and then she's just popped out to make a John Wick movie and then they pop her back in the pod. I mean, I think there are some celebrities, like when Bowie died, um, you know, there's some celebrities who seem kind of like they're going to be around forever. Like, I imagine if like Madonna was to die or someone who was just like a huge star, because we've lost George Michael, we've lost Michael Jackson, that would seem weird to me because she was just such a ma- people sort of forgotten her a little bit but she's such an icon i was watching an episode of south park i did a bit of a south park you know Binge. so you know sometimes well even there were some episodes that i had seen and there was a couple that i hadn't seen so clearly one season i'd i'd missed a couple of episodes and i just sat down and then rolled out 10 episodes in a row <laughs> and they were doing the one about uh, holograms, everyone, off the two-back hologram thing, and then suddenly there was a hologram of everybody. And anyway, Michael Jackson was back as a hologram and it had escaped. And just the way escaped. that he would just like talk every any time anything uh, came up, we'd go, that's ignorant. That's ignorant. <laughs> ignorant. That's ignorant. It was like, it was so funny. And that those, those guys are just, I know I've said this a million times on the podcast, but... Every time I watch South Park, I am inspired by the fact that you can watch an entire episode and feel like so many points of view have been put forward. Yeah. Like often, like at the start of it, you'll feel like they're parroting something and then it kind of co- comes to being a parody of the people who, who are against that thing, but then it kind of flips around a bit at the end. There's so much um, comedy yeah. that just comes from all different perspectives Yeah, that often you're like, I can imagine, I can get why people go, Oh, well, I, I find this offensive or they're you know, too kind on these people or whatever. But I, what I love about South Park Equal is... Equal opportunity offenders. They really genuinely are. As much as there is anything out there that is 
because they do take an argument yeah. and then just pick it apart and look at all the ridiculous parts of an argument and have this capacity to be able to mm. represent them all and make fun of what needs to be made fun of about them all. And then at the end, you can still make up your own mind about what you think of something. Yeah. But it is... There's a lot geez, of, it's a good There's show. a lot of think pieces coming out lately that are like, you know, oh, like, you know, South Park desensitized a generation. And and, and it's... it's I, can't, I get the argument for that, but I also think it takes away, uh, you know, the capacity for human beings to grow and change and interpret, you know, and make their own decisions. The idea that people would be so numb by a TV show that it would influence their opinions and behavior 20 years later. But, you know, I don't actually think, and I, I, and I hate this idea that comedy must be all one thing yeah. or another thing. Like, yeah. you know, there's, I think there's room in the world for like a Nanette as much as there's room in the world for, you know, people to enjoy something that it's, you know, sort of pure, outright, you know, risque. I think an industry that's at its best when it represents all those things and then mm. people can choose what they like. There shouldn't be, this is what comedy is now or this is what comedy is. But often they are very individual things. Like yeah. if you like that sort of comedy, you go and watch this. And if you like this sort of comedy, you go and watch this. And there's not a lot of Rodney Rude fans that, you know, also watching Nanette, right? Mm. But South Park, to me, does the best job of being able to go, everybody who's being ridiculous around this, and the idea that being ridiculous is a thing that is the purview of either the left or the right. Both the left and the right have elements that should be mocked and ridiculed mm. and these sort of things, and South Park continually manages to do that better than than any other show on and, television. But does it in a way yeah. which they it narratively makes sense. It's not like Family Guy, Scattergun, yeah. comment, comment, comment. Like they will find a narrative to string those things together. That's what I think is the most impressive thing. Like I haven't watched it for a couple of seasons. I think I last one I saw was PC Principal when he yeah. came in. And the overarching idea that he is an app <laughs> is that, or he's like he's been created by social media. He is the embodiment of this democratization of opinion was just like, amazing because it justified like an entire season's worth of what this character making fun of you know militant pc people but then there is a comment on top of that it was so fucking brilliant. well because he is able to like the pc principal thing is they're able to represent all the voices and points that the pc movement that are positive about it and like but then kind of because they've done this great character also managing to mock some of it as well yeah i think both those things can live in the same space i mean he ends up having children that they have to hide because it's a in work relationship right, uh, right. And, right? yeah and so they have to hide it which is the least pc thing of all time but then of course they have all these pc babies and there's this one episode about all the pc babies taking over everything and there's pc babies everywhere and that's like, great i am a pc baby yeah but i think that that is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, and if if we can't be made fun of, <clears throat> like if the, you know, the, like I, you know, I am the person who's being made fun of a little bit in that, right? But if you can't laugh at the worst excesses of, you know, people who believe what you believe, then I think we are fucking lost. Yeah. Like everyone's lost their sense of humor of being able to, everything feels like a personal insult now, you know, like to, mm. you can't make fun of a group or everyone's offended on behalf of a group. Mm. Like, and part of that is PC, like that PC people who are like, you can't make fun of all this, but then when you, well, you should be able to make fun of PC though, mm. without endorsing the ideas. Anyway, whatever. They're, it's a really great show. Anyway, South Park's a really good show. <laughs> Our right wing talk back show coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, that's right. We're done with her. Yeah. Dead celebrities and then South Park. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but sure. This is from uh, Brad. Hey, Tofop. Two Colin Fop. 
I was just listening to the AI butt plug episode and thought this might be of interest. I work in the field of machine learning, a branch of AI that is able to recognize patterns if given enough training data. For example, if I show it enough pictures of dogs, it will learn that dogs generally have four legs, a tail, and come in different colors. If I then show it a picture of a dog it has never seen before, regardless of breed, it will recognize it as a dog, or it could use those learned patterns to generate one for me. Machine learning is responsible for the so-called deep fakes. Fuck, man, it's all coming to pass. Named after the learning mechanism, deep artificial neural, neural networks. As an example, if you go to thispersondoesnotexist.com, a machine learning algorithm trained on pictures of people will generate a completely fake but photorealistic looking person. It's pretty cool. All right. Again, when we're living in the world of running man. <laughs> of course, someone has also tried this with porn. Uh, at a website called This Vagina Does Not Exist. <laughs> the results, however, is not as good, but I'm sure someone is working on it. Um, uh, the intonation was my own. The original author of the work discussed how the generation of artificial porn could completely destroy the industry, and the same could be said about artificial generation of music or art using the same methods. On the other hand, these methods are incredibly useful and can be used for positive purposes, such as the prediction of cancer diagnosis. Cheers, Brad. I mean, look. That's what they always tell us, though, about everything. Uh, we might be able to solve cancer with it. No one has yet, though, have they? And Let's look at all porn. These fuck things. <laughs> well, we've got all the fuck side effects and none of the curing cancer that everyone keeps promising us. Um, I do think about that thing about the arts. Like, you know, that Joe Rogan thing we played a few weeks ago stuck with me. It was haunting to hear, like, how... If, if you were just listening randomly while you're doing something else, you weren't paying attention and that had been cut into an episode, you wouldn't have noticed. No. So how long are our, How long have we got? <laughs> Not long. I mean, I don't think people will immediately go to replicating this podcast with computers. I don't think... We as in waste... people who work in a creative field, I know. Yeah. Not this podcast specifically. <laughs> I mean, I think from an acting point of view, and as soon as they can like point a camera at a photo of humphrey bogart and bring him back well fuck man i mean we live in that era of fan service where we're constantly going back to remake our favorite things pretty soon we'll go back and remake our favorite actors and bring well them stan back. lee's apparently shot like a whole bunch of stuff that they're going to essentially just stan lee you know stan lee into every marvel movie coming up that for... double here yeah, there's a little um cutaway to him and this is not a spoiler in endgame um it's him in the 70s and i could he beats thanos <laughs> spoilers <laughs> i could have sworn that was mark maron mark maron looks like a 70s era stan lee Really? Yeah. Just take another look at Endgame. When I'm sure you'll watch it a yeah. few more times. I've only watched it twice so far, okay. but uh, as soon as it's available on uh, home video, I'm just going to watch it over and over. This is from Cindy. Hey, Tofop. Hi, Will. Hi, Charlie and Will. Just wanted to say how much joy the first 30 minutes of this week's episode of Tofop gave me. We need more information. <laughs> I was going to say. And the last 30 gave me so much pain. Uh, such great memories of late teenage years sharing a goon bag with your mates. Okay, so okay. it was when we talked goon about bag the goon hero. bag. Yeah, goon bag. Oh, you know the name of the episode. That's great. Uh, we used to play Spin the Goon Bag, where we would peg four or more goon bags to a clothesline. <laughs> that was back in the day where peg meant something different too. <laughs> <laughs> and stand with 10 or 12 people around the line. Someone would then spin the line, and if a goon bag stopped in front of you, you had to scale up for 10 seconds. Oh, the joy. And as a now 40-year-old woman... I still read my Harry Potter books and they give a great sense of comfort. But I have to apologize because I've never because I had to stop listening once you started talking about the Avengers. I've never seen any of the films. 
Thanks for the joy, Cindy from Hobart. You, you, you probably would have enjoyed uh, the. It was, it was only people who wanted to see Avengers Endgame who had to stop what, listening, to be honest. And even then, it's a very spoiler light episode. I still stand. I've by never that. seen, you know, well, I've seen one of the Harry Potter films and we still managed to talk about that for half an hour. Yeah, give it a go. Come on. Danny writes in um, RE, kids' movies being scary. Did you play, ever play Goon? Uh, we, we, what was it called? Wheel of Goon? Goon of Fortune? Uh, no, Wheel of, Wheel Goon, of Fortune. Goon, Goon? Goon? I don't know where it came um, uh, It was one of those things that. Did you do it? No. Oh, yeah. No, but it's ever since people can't believe that, it, it's often oh, come it's up. Oh, it's common, is it? It's often come up to me going, remember when we used to play, like, you know, as in, like, people will say, you're of my age, you know, do you ever play, like, you know. What do you know, mean? This Wheel has come of, up more than once. Yeah. It, recently. in my life. Recently. Well, as in, like, it would come up anytime I talk about goon bags of any kind, somebody will mention it. But re- recently, or you, for your entire life, and you've talked about goon bags? Because what I want to know is is there a real life algorithm that is hearing you talk about goon for, bags? No, for the, last and directing? 20, for the last 20 years. Okay. No. All right. Before the yes. last 20 years, every time I've referenced a goon bag, somebody has referenced <laughs> that game and then disbelieved the fact that I ever, I never played it. I've I, never heard I'd of it. I'd never heard of it. That's weird. Me and I must be the only two. We're in the Matrix. We're in the John Wickerverse. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Unless we're pissed off John Wick. But I would not. <laughs> I, I've seen the other movies. Hope you lads are having a tofoppingly cracking Friday. When you were discussing whether it's healthy for kids movies or plays to have a scary element, the work of Jim Henson sprung to mind. Initially hesitant to do Sesame Street until he was made aware of its educational component, he later went on to create Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal because he felt the current state of G-rated entertainment was missing the important element of mild fear. Here's an extract from the Wikipedia page on the Dark Crystal. Henson's intention was to get back to the darkness of the original Grimm's fairy tales as he believed that it was unhealthy for children to never be afraid. There you go. Thanks for all the laughs and for the hard times the podcast has got me through, Danny. And then he signs P.S. R-Track, silly horse, move, please. I think the reason that scene you brought up from the never-ending story stirs so much emotion, that's the scene where the horse goes in the quicksand, isn't just the prospect of losing your animal pal as a strong feeling that as as strong a feeling as that may be, Atreyu gave every single ounce of effort he could muster to complete the task and it still wasn't enough. The fact that this task was saving his best friend is a pretty brutal one-two punch for kids in a for kids in a movie. It's a sentiment that sticks with the viewer for life. That's a fucking very accurate reading of that. Right. It's like the idea because you're told kind of as a kid that if you try hard enough, then anything is possible. Yeah. And so when you realise that life is actually going to be hard. full of things that sometimes are really really hard, and then at the end you still won't get what you want, yeah, and you'll still fail. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pretty. I mean, if you were to that's take, a pretty confronting thing to deal with, I suppose. I guess it is. It's almost like it, it's a. Is it like a Buddhist almost lesson in that he had to let go? It was inevitable. This relationship he had with his horse, which he loved, eventually that was going to end sometime. And if it's happening now, then he just has to let go. That is a full-on thing. Even as an adult, I'm having a hard trouble dealing with the fact that things change and you have to let go. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that you still have that horse. (laughs) He's just standing next to the dogs, eating your PlayStation controller. Randall <laughs> will actually look to you. Did you expect to see a horse standing there? Uh, Randall writes in, Hey, Tofop, urgent time travel, kind of. Hey, Will and Charlie, I've been listening through the entire catalogue of the Tofop episodes over the last year, and I was wondering what your plan is for the 10-year anniversary, and if you could time travel back to any of the episode recordings, which one would it be? Also, both your thoughts on the fact that that death's cold, hand, cold hands are ever slowly tightening the grip around your soul. 
<laughs> Cheers from a sincere fan. Well, firstly, um, uh, if you want to know about my thoughts around uh, Death's Cold Hands, uh, what was it? Death's Cold Hands. Uh, death's Cold Hands are so ever slowly tightening their grip around your soul. Yeah, I, a lot of my new stand-up shows about that is about that idea that now I am at an age where if I just died, people would go, oh, well. Like as in, you know, that... It, it, there's a certain, it's not like he had so much to live for. Yeah, or, but not even like that, but just like I'm at an age now where people just die. Yeah. Like not all the time, but if you just die of like a stroke or a heart attack or something like that, people would be like, oh yeah, he's in his mid-40s, yeah. he had like a heart attack. The invincibility of your 20s and 30s yeah. is long gone. Well, you're at the point where people wouldn't go, oh, he died young. Yeah. Like they might go, that's before you're meant to die, mm. but they wouldn't think it was young, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm twice as old as those, you know, all those artists who die at 27. I've had twice as much time to get done what Kurt Cobain did, and I haven't. So clearly I'm going to be no loss to the world. Um, I do think about that a bit more these days. And, you know, less in relation to it being a really scary thing, but more in relation to that point of going, well, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You know, mm. what, what is it that would make me happy and, and what are my priorities? And, yeah. and you know, so I, I definitely think about that. I have to think about it all the time. Actually, uh, I'm seeing a new therapist and I don't have issues with death per se. I've experienced a lot of death in my life mm. recently. And I've had both experiences of the spectrum. I had a traumatic one and then I've had one that was quite beautiful and profound. And so for me, it is sort of coming to a point of view of... Uh, it's when you combine the intellectual, like intellectually and logically, you can understand that things end and change and sometimes people die in their 40s and... I have no problem with that. To me, that's not an injustice. I don't feel like, you know, everyone should live forever. I understand. But there is... Be way too crowded for a start. <laughs> way too crowded. I mean, fucking hell. But it's they say that people born now could live to be like in their hundreds, like 120 is yeah, the new projected... I mean, it's optimistic about the, the planet's still the planet. Yeah, I was going to say. But for me, it's, it's the... I, I, I still I struggle with the fear of... I never have a problem with me dying. I'm always like, okay, but it's losing people I love. Right. That's kind of the one that I'm like, how? Like, I, I try not to project, but sometimes I get stuck in that negative thought pattern where I imagine the worst possible scenario and then run all my simulations about how I would respond, what I would do, what I would feel. And if I learned anything from my mum's death is that's a complete waste of energy. Like, you can't. It's going to happen when it happens and it happens the way it happens. And you running a bunch of simulations does not insulate you or prepare you for what you're going to have to go through. It's a really hard thing to confront about grief, but you just have to sort of open yourself up to it. And it's as long as it takes and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's perfectly normal to feel fear against that. But I think the sooner that you can just, it's like, you know, being caught out in the in, in the surf or in a rip sometimes you just gotta let it take you and yeah start paddling when you can I've, yeah I, like i also without wanting to go into too many details of you know faced the the more traumatic and unreasonable deaths you know around me in the last sort of 12 months you know not the you know end of life you Grandma, know deaths, grandparent death, but yeah. the kind of people younger than you know they should have been dying and in ways that were you know traumatic and unexpected and have had to sort of be up close to some of the ramifications of all that so there's that side of it and then there's the other side of it that just that i'm you know 45 now where i sometimes i think you know why am i like working so hard and doing all these things like the times where i go you know what just go to the movies and see john wick mm. you might die <laughs> no but you mean like I, I know that might sound really weird yeah, but like yeah. that thing of just going like 
you could either spend the rest of the day like working really hard on this thing for some reason that you can't really define mm. or you could just probably go and see John Wick. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you want to go and see John Wick yeah. and you might die tomorrow. Why don't you go and see John Wick? Well, there's, a, I, there's an idea about like they talk about happiness and success and a lot of people are of the belief that success leads to happiness. That if I just accomplish this, if it's work, if I just accomplish this, you know, you're, if whatever your pursuit is, career, family, whatever, if I have this, that will lead to happiness. But all the kind of psycho psychology studies have done say the opposite. It's actually people who are in a happy state get to success because it's the pursuit of something uh, of the white whale that will eventually lead you always feeling empty. And I can sort of understand that because I can get very down on myself and down on what's, what's going on for me because I want my vision of success. But then when I actually stop into a stock take of what I have in my life, there is a measurable element of success to that. There's always going to be people who are more successful than me or I think have got it figured out. But I've actually got a pretty good life. Like I actually love my friends and love my family and I, I think I have healthy pursuits and stupid pursuits like this podcast and stuff. But like if I'm going to spend the entire time looking at what I don't have, then I'm going to miss. It's like Ferris Bueller says, man, <laughs> life moves pretty fast. But yeah, but I do think you do get trapped in that. I mean, I, I was having a conversation with you about a work scenario that I'm in where I joked to you that like the secret to being a bit happier than I was with this work scenario was that I'd given up. But what I really meant by that was that I'd given up Trying linking to... the success of what was happening to happiness and instead just gone, I'll be happy despite exactly. the bits of it that, are frustrating yeah and that is it, it's what you're talking about mm. i was linking too much the idea of if we can just get all these things into place in this work scenario then i'll be happy with how it is mm. and then i moved to the point of and i was getting frustrated when those things weren't happening yeah instead of me going oh well like some of those things are, are probably never going to get fixed so if i link my idea of being happy with this situation 100%. to that i'm going to be unhappy in this situation whereas if i just I'm happy in this situation and then try still to, yeah. you know, move those things, but take the happiness away from the, the result. result and yeah. make it into every day. And that was really what I've done recently with the work scenario. And it, I've found it a incredibly mm. uh, helpful thing to do. Yeah. Well, the, the way the person I was talking to about it was saying like people who sort of frame an idea of success are immediately setting themselves up mm. for failure because there are a million variables that happen in your pursuit. I mean, this sounds like a lot of things your therapist says to losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He actually wasn't saying... Therapist gets out your list of, list of uh, pats okay. on the back for losers. Lose. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he's writing down notes, but then when I look over his shoulder... So you're a loser, but you want to feel comfortable with it. It's a giant... Have I got a book for you? <laughs> it's a giant L with a circle no. around it. <laughs> But he was talking about the... the You're idea. not a loser. Successful people are losers. <laughs> That'd be $500, loser. $500, I know you can't afford because you're a loser. <laughs> loser. This is a really bad therapist. Wow. Who recommended this? Man. Uh, uh, Randall also, uh, uh, any plans for the 10-year anniversary? So that'll be next April, I guess. Well, do we know? When did the first episode go up? Do we, uh, I think it's, I've asked before. I think but... it's like April 29th. 24 on, uh, two, I'll, April 29th it'll say on iTunes right yeah if just I go to episode iTunes. one okay, hold on. okay. 
Okay, I'll do that. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say April 29th, 2010. Because I wonder if we posted. it. I know when we recorded. Well, I don't know either. Actually, I was gonna say I know when we, we recorded, recorded a, it, but... a pilot episode that has been lost. Okay. Um. um all right. Let's see if I can find uh, the original one here. On. Uh, oh, so. All right. Go to available episodes. Available episodes. Um. Here, and then I'll go right down the bottom. So, um, how many episodes have we done? Like Tofop, episode one. Oh, here we go. Uh, Super Piss, it was called. Classy. Uh, Will and Charlie discuss the vagaries of fan mail. Oh, God. The scariness of hillbillies and the redundancy of. Oh, uh, the Flash, I think. And then it just. Anyway. Oh, oh hang on. Shit. Oh, and the Beastie Boys completely and unlicensed. And the Beastie Boys unlicensed song plays at the start. Although I've noticed that podcasts have just started playing Pig songs and stuff. No one really gives a fuck. It's a wild west, mate. Uh, it says it was posted, uh, which I guess we take as the official anniversary, on the 2nd of July, 2010. Oh, 2nd of July? I don't yep. know why I had it as April in my head. Yep. 2nd of July. 2nd uh, of July, 2010. Okay. Well, we can do something for that. What do we do? Just meet at your place and do a recorded podcast. <laughs> well, that gives us a year, right? Yeah. Is that how time works? Yeah. So 2011 is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. So, second of July, Two 2020. 2020. Tofop. Ten years of Tofop. Ten years of Tofop. To- ten fop. Ten fop. Yeah. Exactly. Ten fop. 2020. <laughs> there we go. That, that's, okay. Okay. We got. So we got merch. Great. So I'll look up what d- a day of the week that is. Okay. To see if there's um. Uh, James James can start working on the poster <laughs> based on that based on that meeting. Um, I think to, right. it would be TOFOP, ten fop, but it would be the number ten and then fop after it. That would be the poster, right? So instead of a T, it'd be a one, one zero fop, ten fop. I mean, we've got time to work this out. So um, oh no no no, we have, <laughs> no, no the printers on the phone. This is our one meeting. So uh, the second of June did, or July was it June or July? Did I say July? Second of July. No, it was June. Oh shit. <laughs> That thing is July. Let's say July. <laughs> let's not, let's say, I'll look it up again. It was July. Okay. So, okay. Well, so nearly before the 4th of July, yeah. two days before my dad's birthday. Um, all right, here we go. Um, so 2nd of July, um, 2020 is a Thursday night. Okay. Now we're going to yeah, do we Thursday can do something night. Like Thursday night. Thursday, should we do like, July, should we do like, like all, like the cure of done and just do the first app? Like we just play the original album. From well, start would, to finish. I mean, that would be super pissed. And we just sit there. Yeah. We, we just, just read, sit there. read a scroll. It's like a. Oh, come on. Yeah, we sit there across a desk from each other and while the first episode plays. <laughs> no, we read a script of the first episode. We just reread no, it. I like to think the first episode literally, literally plays and then they just watch our pained reactions. <laughs> Or it's like we sit there in front of an audience and we play the first thing and the first person to push stop on the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Dare we do it? We talked in the last episode about doing things that scare you. Okay. So, July 2020. Anyway, let's, 2nd time. of July 2020. Put it in your diaries. Yeah. We're going to do a massive... A massive uh, live, 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 show. live show. Ten years <laughs> God. I can just see begging to get people to... Please, come on. Do our show. All right. Let's get, if we can get Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that would be the good one for Russell Crowe. Yeah. Russell. I, we'd have to ask now. So start the campaign. Why don't we start the campaign and like maybe we'll get in contact with Russell at some stage. We'll, we'll put together a Hashtag 10 fop. And we'll say, it's 2nd of July, 2020, 
keep your diary free. We want to get Russell Crowe finally on TOEFOP for the 10th anniversary of the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Ten fo- hashtag 10FOP, is that too confusing? 10 years of TOEFOP, 10FOP. 10FOP. I like 10FOP. Yeah, 10FOP. All right, this is from Sully. Uh, not the How do you learn a plane? <laughs> Quick! <laughs> Quick! I hope, this, I hope you don't get to this email two months late. <laughs> hey, TOEFOP, two guys, one cup. Uh, half AFL player, half fly. Oh, that's the subject. <laughs> Sorry. So the subject line is, hey, TOEFOP, two guys, one cup, and then colon, right. half AFL player, half fly. Okay. Dear TOEFOP and or two guys, one cup, greetings from an Irish stoner dad in the Canary Islands. <laughs> That's a wow. bio line, isn't it? Wow. Love the shows. Love, my, love me some footy. So the thing is, I was hoping to outsource some of my Wikipedia link thinking as I quite, as I quite, as quite frankly, I can't go down with, I can't go down every single rabbit hole. I mean... I do, but in a split second sort of thing. You know what I mean? No, not at all drunk, stoned Irishman. (laughs) Anyway, I was hoping you might do some of my obsessive thinking for me. Okay, great. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to. Okay, his first random thought. Why is it so hard to swat a pesky fly? It's not a joke. But this is an actual, there's a a scientific answer. Because they see up to 300 frames per second. Mm -hmm. As average to the human rat, a rate of 35 uh, frame, 30 frames per second mm-hmm. so then he goes on to the who is the fastest and pesky, peskiest AFL player oh okay that's a good question like um, who's the fly of the AFL you, you want to think it's someone yeah, Toby Green quick and buzzy around but they uh, want to kind of yeah explosive. like uh, Jeffy Garlett yeah well like I would have thought like Eddie Betts at his prime was quite fly yeah they're the mosquito fleet right yeah, they? exactly yeah, Eddie, well they were Eddie Betts yeah so Eddie Betts um uh, possible genetic engineering, part fly, part man, the movie The Fly. Thoughts on that? Okay. Um, great movie, original one. Oh, there's only one. They didn't reboot it, did they? They should reboot it. It's a great film. Cronenberg, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Jenna Davis. I really like the original film. Yeah, it's um, gross. I think there was, I think there was like a There was a sequel, sequel with Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Um, no remakes, though. Oh, it was a remake of Vincent Price. Help me. Oh, yeah, Help of course. Me. I forget that, that it was a remake. I'm the fly. <laughs> Have you heard Jeff Goldblum on um, Conan O'Brien's podcast? No. Not that Conan O'Brien needs a shout out for his podcast. He's yeah. doing fine, but it's a really good podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And the Jeff Goldblum episode is particularly uh, amusing. I highly recommend it. Does he say something quirky? Uh, it's all quirky. But, of course, Conan talks to him about all his eccentricities and quirks and leans into all those absolutely that you know so it's it's kind of it's got that great thing of being very jeff goldblum but having somebody who's kind of leaning tempering into those, uh, no oh. leaning into the oh, goldblum right. of goldblum so like <laughs> recognizing it and then kind of picking apart what it is and asking jeff about those things and why he is kind of like he is but in a fun way it's it's it, yeah if you like jeff goldblum and you like conan o'brien i highly recommend um players who look like flies mm, okay Nat Fife, when he was younger, looked a bit like a fly. He had those big, big eyes. More like a praying mantis or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's fly like. Um, performance enhancing, uh, performance enhancing fly DNA and genetic modification. Uh, I have no problem with that. Well, that would lead back to your first comment yeah. about the movie, The Fly, I imagine. Future Hall of Famers, statues outside the MCG. Well, it'd be good if that way, if you had. Um, uh, oh, is that a separate question? Because yeah. I was going to say. 
because then if flies landed on the statue, they'd actually be like, you know, communing with the most fly-like behavior. Yeah, right. Um, other species of mutations, for instance, bats. Mm. Well, we be good at night games, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could I play well, night games? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they'd be hanging upside down, wouldn't they? That's the problem. Uh, no, any specific facts should probably be double-checked. Thanks a lot. And can the bombers. Okay, nice one. Thank no, they're you. They're not going well, but good no. luck to you. Good luck to you, sir. Henry. Hey, Tofop. G'day, legends. G'day, legends. That's a guy. Oh, g'day. Imagine his voice sounds like this. I don't know. I'm going to say Henry sounds like this. G'day, legends. G'day, legends. I have a short story for you that will potentially blow your brains to bits. Okay. I'm currently living in a small city in Japan and working at an aquarium part-time. I love the uh, international flavor and... uh like, you know, a drunk Irishman in the Canary Islands. Oh, hi, sorry. Uh, hi, Irishman. Hi, Irishman. Uh, in the Canary Islands and now a, uh, a somebody working in Japan. Working in Japan. It's a good day, so I'm assuming it's an Aussie. Yeah. Uh, I have one co-worker that loves to chat, even though his English is very minimal. The other day he approached me and asked, do you like pocket monsters? <laughs> I called OH&S. I told him I didn't know what that was. What? What? Pocket monsters, you don't know it. He was shocked. I could see it in his face. Very famous Japanese animation, he told me. He then pulled out his phone to show me a picture of these pocket monsters on Google. What? Then he reached into his pocket and showed me <laughs> his pocket monster. <laughs> he pulled out his cock. Uh, what happened next shook me to the core. He showed me a picture of Pikachu, the Pokemon. Yeah. It was in that moment that I realized Pokemon, a show that I'd been watching since I was three years old, the name was actually short for Pocket Monsters. Pokey equals Pocket. Mon equals Monsters. Fuck me. Fuck me. How did I go 25 years of my life without realizing this? Only to be told by a SEAL trainer in a Japanese aquarium. <laughs> oh, that's not me clapping. That's the SEALs, obviously. <laughs> I feel like my entire life has been a lie. What other worldly secrets have been hidden from me? Please tell me I'm not alone on this. I also didn't realize that the Toyota logo is the letter T inside a circle <laughs> until late last year. But that's a completely different story. Love your work. Keep them coming. Well, the famous one is the the indicator on the... Um, yeah, the gas tank. Oh, the gas tank, yeah. It's uh, and there's a re- one, I, the one I read recently about um, fitted sheets have a little label on the bottom which mm. tell you which is the top and which is the side. So this is an end that you put over... Where the, you look at the label, it says top and bottom. Mm. So really? You, yeah, so you don't have to do that thing where you turn the sheet five times until you get the... Did they really? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not a huge... Like, I never really understood Pokemon, but I, I don't think that I knew that it was short no, for Pokemon. Um, I think last time we made fun of... We confused manga and anime. We got emails, so let's not. Oh, I, I, I don't, yeah, is, I don't yeah, know. Does it right. fit into either of those categories? I don't know. Yeah, no, don't know. It's, yeah Pokemon is definitely manga. I mean, I... manga I know we give them a shout-out every episode, but I was listening to The Weekly Planet. Yeah, it's a great podcast. <laughs> and they talked about det- Detective Pikachu with uh, Andrew Levins, I believe. Yes. And... It was like hearing another language. They're obviously a little bit younger than us. I don't know, maybe 10 years younger. And they all knew it. And they're talking about stuff. And I was just like, this uh, garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Old man Charlie came to the fore. I do remember listening to that feeling very out of touch. (laughs) Wingfield. Wingfield writes in, horrific children's movie. Hair growth is the subject. Listening to your meanderings, on the possibility of monetizing Will's preceding hair, it occurred to me that Charlie pretty much described the plot to a children's film that scared the shit out of me as a, of a, as a kid. It's called The Peanut Butter Solution. 
And even as a 35-year-old man, I don't think I could watch it again. Have you heard of this? The Peanut no. Butter Solution? I think no. it's a kid's book. Basically, about a mum who stays at home and gets the dog into the bed. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> a young kid gets scared and he goes bald and is then told the recipe for hair replacement in a night, uh, is an, in a nightmare and finds it works too well. His sadistic art teacher locks him, tethers him to a conveyor belt and maintains his hair growth on a strict yogurt diet. The art teacher then enslaves the local kids to make paintbrushes of the highest quality from the boy's hair. Look it up. It's terrifying and made me think there must be other children's films that fucked people up. Thank, that was intonation mine. <laughs> Thanks for the delicious... Or there was a question mark, so I figured they fuck people up. It fucked people up. <laughs> Is that what a question mark does? There must be other children's films that fuck people up. <laughs> Is that... I'm just going to make that a question. Thanks for the very... Uh, for the delicious laughs, guys. Wingfield. I haven't heard of that. That is fucked up. Should we look it up? Yeah, look it up. I'm going to go to the bathroom while you look it up. Peanut butter solution. So Will's going to the bathroom... So, Michael, if leave this in if you want. I'll, I'll, I'll do a bit of freestyling here. So, I'm just... Uh, I've got 14% left on the iPad. So, we may not make it through. All right. I just wrote the peanut butter solution. So, that's not going to work. The peanut butter solution. Hopefully, it's not some kind of like white nationalist code like red pill or something these days. And I get flagged. Okay. I found it. Oh no, it's a film. All right, this should be good. Wikipedia, our friend. Oh, Will Slow Internet. Okay, definitely got it. So, um, what's been going on for you guys? You know, the thing about doing TOEFOP without Will is it gives me a great chance to talk about one of my loves, corduroy. Who doesn't love the feeling of corduroy slacks on a crisp autumn morning? Me, I have seven pairs of corduroy slacks and I have three corduroy jackets with elbow patches. My favorite is the tan brown. Oh, Will, you're back. I'm just talking about my love of corduroy. You can follow up on that on our second podcast, podcast, The Love of Corduroy with Charlie Clawson. <laughs> Peanut Butter Solution. It's a 1985 fantasy horror film directed by Michael Rubbo or Rubo, no Rubbo, double B. And it's the second Tales for All series of children's movies created by a French company called Les Productions Lafette. The plot. Michael Baskin is an average 11-year-old boy. His father, Billy Baskin, is a struggling artist and temporary sole caregiver of the, children's, of the children while his wife attends the needs of her recently deceased father in Australia. Upon hearing the news that an abandoned mansion has recently burned down, Michael and his friend Connie decide to explore the remains. Outside the mansion, Connie dares Michael to take a look inside, leading to a frightening encounter with the ghosts of its homeless inhabitants who died in a fire. Ooh. Good start. Wow. Sounds like it. Michael does not know this yet, but his fearsome run in with the ghost has given him a mysterious illness known, known simply as the fright. Michael awakens the next morning to find out that the fright has made him lose all of his hair. After a failed attempt with a wig, his wig is pulled off by an older boy during a fight in a soccer game, the ghosts visit Michael in his sleep and give him the recipe of a magical formula for hair growth, the main ingredient which is peanut butter. Michael's first attempt to make the formula is thwarted when his father and sister think he's making something to ingest rather than to be used topically and dispose of it. This is a really like clinically written Wikipedia entry. Right. The ghosts return the following night, giving themselves a second chance to pay him back for giving his money to some homeless people. Oh, so they're good guys. And also give Michael special instructions not to add too much peanut butter as it will end in dreadful results. 
Michael successfully makes the formula this time, but ignores their instructions not to overdo the peanut butter and wakes up the next morning to find his new hair has already begun to grow. After only a few minutes, Michael has grown a full head of hair. Suspicious of his fast-growing follicles, Connie confronts Michael about his unusual ability. When Michael reveals his concoction, Connie decides to apply some of this to his pubic area in an attempt to create the illusion that he's going through puberty. Connie soon discovers the joke is on him. Pretty soon, Michael and Connie's hair grows so much into such length that it becomes a nuisance for their school and classmates, resulting in their suspensions. While Michael frantically searches for a solution, Connie discovers that the hair will stop growing by yelling at it. (laughs) The art teacher at Michael's school... This story is what I like to call... A one draft. <laughs> Just, and then yeah, you yell at it. You yell at the hair. You yell at your crotch. Your crotch is growing. You wrote, he puts some on. He wants a puberty and then you yell at it. It all makes sense. Where's the cocaine here yet? Where's the cocaine? Where's the cocaine here? I did all the cocaine? Oh, okay. Well, keep writing shit down then. I'm going to get some more cocaine. The art teacher at Michael's... Can you take out the bit about cocaine though, please? The art teacher at Michael's school simply called the senor frightens children and forbids them from using their imagination. After getting fired from the school, the senor finds out about Michael's condition. You won't let me use my imagination, man. Where is that cocaine? <laughs> Michael's condition and kidnaps him and many other ch- neighborhood children to make a magic pa- magic paintbrushes from his ever-growing hair, okay. which he subdues Michael and he subdues Michael with a knockout drug. The kidnapped children are put to work under tough conditions. We have to make five. This is a quote. We have to make five hundred brushes a day, or we don't eat. The paintbrushes are so powerful that they paint whatever the user imagines with no need for detail or neatness. All right. That's kind of, that makes okay. sense in this Does world. It? Does it make sense? In a world where you can yell at your pubes. I guess if, yeah. All right. Uh, Connie, Why did he have to knock him out to get his hair? If his hair's growing so quickly anyway, couldn't he just say, can I have your extra hair and I'm going to make it into magical paintbrushes? No, it just seems like he's a bit of a creep, this senor. Yeah. Uh, okay. Connie and Michael's sister Susie discover the Signor's magical paintbrush factory and try to rescue Michael. Connie tries to use force, but he's overpowered by Signor and his dog, James. <laughs> she said, it feels like it should be the other way around, don't you think? <laughs> Signor is like what you'd call your dog, right? Uh, instead, Connie tricks Signor into painting a picture of an abandoned mansion. Connie then dares him to investigate inside leading the fright to be passed on from Michael to Signor. Ah, pass on the curse. It's, a, it's an STD metaphor. The Signor, now bald, escapes from the haunted house and chases the children, locking them up. Just as Connie's about to escape with Michael, Susan, and their, and their dad, just as Michael's about to escape, Michael, Susan and their dad find the factory and Signor is arrested by the police. The film ends with the family reunited as the mother has returned home and Michael's hair has stopped growing out of control. Why, though? Oh, because he's passed the curse on. Because, but, the, but because, a, because the cocaine ran out. <laughs> but the peanut butter was what caused the hair, not the ghost. So why would giving the... Like the peanut butter was an extra step. The ghost made you lose the hair. No, the other wasn't there another... It was a curse and then there was some friendly ghosts. Didn't the friendly... Are they the the, the ghost ghosts? told him to use the peanut butter. Yeah, but they're friendly ghosts because they're happy because he gave some money to homeless people. Right. Was there some scary ghosts as well? The no, I think he. Met, I think it was or a misunderstanding. Same ghost. Same ghost I oh, I, so it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. So the ghosts have cursed him, and then realised. Oh, yeah, they felt bad about it because they saw him giving money. Couldn't to they a just reverse kid. the curse? Uh, well, Twenty sixteen, mate. <laughs> they had uh, peanut butter, peanut butter head. Don't use too much peanut butter. 
The original working title of the film was Michael's Fright. It's fucking, wow. The film features the first English language perform, songs performed by Celine Dion. Well, that truly oh. is a horrifying wow. film. The French language version of this film features French language versions of the same songs. Skippy Peanut Butter paid for prominent product placement in the film. In that film that has a disturbing about amount of child kidnapping. Of, about the curse of peanut butter and not using too much peanut butter. <laughs> Uh, that was a great one. Thank you, uh, Wingfield. Uh, good name, too. James writes in, Two Fop. Is this the dog from the previous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James the dog. Two Fop. Woof, 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 bark. <laughs> You've spoken a lot about the amount of doctors who listen to your podcast. I'm currently in biomedic- uh, a biomedicine student doing my applications to studying medicine for next year. We're allowed to include any supplementary documents which we think will help and I think what would really help is a celebrity endorsement from you two. Bearing in mind that you know nothing about me, could you please come up with an endorsement so I can include it in the transcript of my application? Uh, okay. I don't understand. So a biomedicine right. student... So we just need an endorsement of James. As a student or uh, as a potential... Well, it doesn't really matter, I think, because our endorsement just won't be worth much. What was the name of the previous movie? The Peanut Butter Movie? The Peanut Butter Solution. Uh, James, as a bio... What is he? Bio- biomedicine student. Okay. Uh James uh, is my second favourite James behind James the dog from the movie The Peanut Butter Incident. What other strange fan requests have the two of you had? Thanks for your time. Um, strange fan requests? I don't know. I had a guy once in an Uber recognise my voice and ask if he could get a photo. And I said, Sure. And then he was, was recording video. And in the video, he yelled, oh, look at Lily's hands are. They're tiny. I uh, occasionally, somebody wants me to ring someone on their behalf. Like right. if I'm in, it happens a bit on Uber. Like, you know, if someone says like, oh, you know, my wife will never believe this or whatever. Can you ring my wife from the Uber? I'm like, okay, why, why not? <laughs> I get a, what I end up getting is a lot of answering machine messages. Yeah. And so I end up leaving these long rambly things on answering machine messages for people that are, they, if they're anything like me, they do not listen to and delete. <laughs> Jessica, Master, Mr, Miss, Ms, Mrs, MX. Hi, Will and Charlie. Hope you're both well. I listened to one of your podcasts recently and you stumbled over the titles for women. This isn't uncommon and having only learnt about them myself recently, I thought it would be helpful to share with you and the other TOEFOP listeners. For males under 18, the title is Master. Over 18, Mr. For females under 18, the title is Miss. And over 18s are Ms. When females get married, they can choose to change to Mrs., which is in previous centuries used to mean she belongs to. (laughs) As in Mrs. Smith means she belongs to Mr. Smith. Now it just means they're married. Historically, as women over the age of 20 were considered spinsters and divorced women shunned by society, Ms., has a negative connotation. However, the times are changing. MX pronounced or to sound like mix or mux. Did you know that? Mix? Have you ever anyone called mix so-and-so female? No. Okay. But I'm into it. Mix is the new title for genderqueer or non-binary people and can be used for gen- general, neutri- general neutral people too? What's general neutral yeah, mean? Yeah, gender neutral. No, general. General neutral. Oh, okay. Hope this helps everyone. Charlie. I also have eczema in my ears that was undiagnosed for years. My ENT, eye, nose and throat doctor, I'm assuming, said it is quite common these days as our environments have become more polluted. How about that? This is also why people get hay fever in their later life. This has happened to fucking both of us. Right. So you've got got eczema. You've got ear eczema. And you've got got hay hay fever. fever. Holy shit. 
It actually isn't hay fever. I've got itchy eyes and you've got itchy ears. Yeah, it actually isn't hay fever, but a reaction to living in a world where pollution is increasing faster than the human body can evolve. Yeah. That's the most depressing <laughs> fucking shit ever, man. That's actually good, though, um, for a bit that I've been working on. So that's okay, actually, I'm that trying down. to make that hay fever. Well, mate, we're recording. You can listen my, back to oh, it. Yeah, no, but I will, I will never. So I'm going to have to make a note on my phone. That's good. So it's not hay fever, it's pollution. Yeah. Oh, gee, that's actually, you know what? There's a bit I've been working on that that's really going to solve. So thank you to MX. Who is this? Uh, uh, I don't know if she's an MX, but she's Jessica. Well, I'm calling it. MX, I think, is a good neutral Mix. one regardless. Mix or Mux. Um, so, Mix Jessica. Uh, so Mux Jessica. Because that one is the one that like should be on like the airlines and stuff. Anyway, like I, I just think all this sort of pronoun shit and titles, and I think they're all, I've said it before, but I think they're all bullshit. As in like, I, I think that it, people should be able to call what they want to be called, but the idea that we even have them or need them and need to differentiate between people based on like a sir or a doctor or whatever, I'm just, I'm not a big into those sort of things. Will, for those of us living overseas, is there any way of seeing well, legal? Is there a recording? I keep checking online, but there are only a few minutes of the show, a couple of articles about the arrest and a supportive letter from members of the public. Happy toe popping, Jessica. Uh, there is uh, nothing uh, from the show uh, actually officially online. There's a little bit of recorded stuff from the night I was in Wagga. Um, my plan is, is my, if I don't die first, is uh, to maybe tour both shows again next year, this year's show and, and, and we're legal in different ways. And then, um, uh, you know, at the end of 2020 or something, probably record them both. So that's, I think that's the plan at this stage. Johnson, exciting news. Yes. Three to go. Okay. Three to go and we cleared the mailbag. Because I was about to say we should finish up. Yeah. But let's do this through. Okay. Get through. Mad Dog writes in. And I mean, is, I'm assuming his surname isn't Dog. I think it'll be fine with me calling him Mad Dog. MX Mad Dog. <laughs> Mixed Dog. Uh, question. Question. Would Will say he loves Aquaman for a $100,000? 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, $1.1 billion at the box office. Just leave that there as a reminder. What's with all these fucking Aquaman stands all coming for you? I love it. Firstly, I love it, Mad Dog. Um, no, I would not. Uh, because I, like my, my reputation and my word is what I rely on as a living. And I can't be bought off for $100,000. Because if I... People, I could. Send it to me. I'll say it. I'll say what do you want. If people said, like, heard me say that Aquaman is a good movie, then they're going to watch Aquaman and they're going to realize that it's actually a really terrible movie and then they're never going to trust anything I ever say again. So no, I cannot be, my entire credibility cannot be bought off for a hundred thousand. Now add an extra zero. <laughs> and not for and Aquaman we'll get back too. And you not might, you might put your neck out for the Dark Knight Rises. You know, there's critics of that. You might put your neck out for something you believe in, but not Aquaman. No, I can't. I don't believe in Aquaman. And mm. I've said before that many of the reasons that I don't like Aquaman is it combines two of my <laughs> least favorite genres, which is underwater movies and space movies. And it is an underwater space movie so it would be me going against the very principles that i've built so suddenly if i say that aquaman's good then i have to what say star wars is good or i have to say that like all these other movies that i hate are good no it opens a can of worms that a hundred thousand dollars cannot plug up summer writes in ear thoughts i just listened to your ear saga last by week. the way if your <laughs> argument is 65 percent on rotten tomatoes it's it's barely a fucking unanimous fucking result mate that means that there is 35 percent who've bothered to go to rotten tomatoes to say it's fucking shit out so you know what i'm happy to be amongst the 35 percent there are many of my other opinions in life that i would love that had 35 percent of the pop the you know, there are political parties that would win elections if they manage to get 35% of the vote. Ear thoughts. I listened to your ear saga last week and recently saw an ad for a microscopic plug 
into your smartphone and it's an ear cleaner. It's a crazy time we live in. I'll paste the link below. I promise it's not a virus or anything. I'm 24 and I don't know how to find a virus. I'm sure I could probably Google it if that because that's my solution to Erethang. And that's how he wrote it <laughs> or, or she wrote it. Okay, bye now. Thank you for that. I'll check out that ear cleaning device. Lucky last. Let's double check. It's the last one. Uh, yeah, this is the last one. This is amazing. This is quite an achievement. This has been a, a real uh, uh, sticking point for me that we're so slow answering mail. So now, though, people have to email in more still because we still need content. For well, the we show. haven't done the Patreon one. We haven't so. done the Patreon one. Oh, fuck, we haven't either. That's no. what, that was the plan. Well, we can well, that's save okay. those. Today, we, did, we were just cleaning out the mailbags. Yeah, today. the old mailbags. Okay. Last question. Are you ready? Better be a good one. This is from Bronwyn. And she writes Hey, Tofop. Hey, Will and Charlie. A while back, Will asked for couples who listen to Tofop with their partner to write in on how they do it. Great. great. What a great way to go out on. It's a fucking, it's a unity, it's couples, it's relationships, it's all the good stuff. A while back, oh yeah, well, I read that bit. So let me give you the lowdown. My partner hid the fact he listened to Tofop for around two years. <laughs> Story checks out so far. He said this was mainly due to embarrassment, having listened to Tofop uh, and having listened to Tofop for the past year myself, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> the first time we listened to Tofop together in the car, I had no idea what you guys were talking about. It was confusing and often bewildering. A conversation punctuated by jokes about small hands. <laughs> that said, I laughed a lot and so we kept on listening. And gradually, I learned that feeling confused while listening to Tofop was normal and that I should just enjoy the ride. Yeah, well, I guess that's the point, isn't it? Like, if you're listening to it the first time thinking that it's going to make some sort of sense, that you signed yourself up for something that is never going to... It's like, as you said, Charlie, it's trying to find happiness in the result <laughs> yeah. rather than in the journey yeah. itself. If, if nothing else, this podcast is a giant analogy for just finding happiness yeah. in the journey rather <laughs> than the destination. My part, you losers. <laughs> Hashtag, give us your money, losers. <laughs> My partner and I now listen to every single TOEFOP episode together on our daily commute in the car. If we listen to TOEFOP separately, then our agreement is that we re-listen to the episode together in the car. Thanks for the laughs and the thumbs up you give to therapy. I'm a psychologist. Oh, Boom! There you go. It wraps it up, Will. Perfect storytelling. We brought it back to the start. <laughs> And it's about enjoying the journey. There's neuroscience to back this up. I've got it a does, psychologist. It does worry me a little, though, that even a psychologist was listening to us going, I don't know what is going on. I can't follow this. I'm confused by them. These are people who are meant to have a higher level of understanding and empathy. And yeah. even she was like, this makes no sense. It's like that opening monologue from the original Halloween film where Donald Pleasance is like, I looked into his eyes and realized we had to lock him away and never let him out. Maybe that's why the husband kept it from her for ages because he was like at her work she gets to hear you know people like you, know, you know, kind of process their lives and talk about their worries and ramble on about stuff and i don't really feel like i have that mm. in my life and so he was like using yeah you know i need to listen to crazy people yeah these are these are basically two of his we've been his patients <laughs> uh you're both cool and funny dudes P.S. I've often thought about recommending TOEFOP and podcasts more generally to clients, but I'm never sure how to bring it up. Maybe you could give me some suggestions. Here's my address if you want to send me a sticker pack. Uh, oh, I don't know that I'd like my therapist to recommend TOEFOP. I have a podcast called Willosophy, oh, yeah, that's a uh, which is on this to. network, which might be a kind of gateway 
drug, maybe there's like an episode where one of the people I've had on listen to the philosophy us. episode that I'm on. Right there, you go. Well, then you get a more toned down. So, but this is what I'm saying is, this is how you get them in. Yeah, <laughs> you identify the problem, particular problem that your, um, you know, patient has. Yeah, and there's heap. There's a, nearly a hundred episodes of philosophy, right? I bet there's been someone on there who's had like a similar incident or whatever. So you get them in through that. You should listen to Felicity Ward talk about giving up drinking because I think this would be really inspirational for you. Yeah. And then once they come back the next week and go, hey, that podcast was actually really good. Then you go, oh, well, you know another one you might enjoy. You might enjoy uh, Charlie Clawson on the podcast. Then you got uh, it. Yeah. Then they're on the fucking step horse. Step, and then yeah. you're like, did you like that? And then it's just a How hop- about if you talked about Batman? Would you like that? <laughs> hop, skip and a jump to the peanut butter You know experiment. how you're afraid of peanut butter and bats? <laughs> We're going to podcast you. Uh, best way to support the show, as always, patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP. You can also go to our website, TOEFOP, if you want to check out our other podcasts. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, Will is... Got- uh, going to Darwin, Darwin. the Darwin Festival. Right. It may be on sale by the time that you hear this. But if it's not, uh, if you're in Darwin, uh, look out for that. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>